90% of all scientists that have ever been alive are alive today. That's a lot of information, but don't panic. It's not an exact science. Hey, Shannon, how are you? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, pretty good. It's mid-December now, so that means that basically most things are shut down in air quotes. <laughs> um, I don't know where you live. <laughs> it is true. I mean, it's true. People are still working, but... But, mm-hmm, that is very Everybody's true. in holiday mode. Everybody's taking time off. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had a lot of trouble... Getting a hold of anybody at any supplier. <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, I took a day off last week. <laughs> yeah, and you came up here. We didn't record in person again. Again. I don't know if it's ever possible. It will be, but will uh, it, it did, didn't work this time. <laughs> no, no, we were busy all day. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. I much enjoyed hanging out at the brewery instead of you know working anymore so totally great (laughs) well and we spent some time these are things that we'll talk about on here later in the the season i'm sure Mm -hmm. yes but doing some rapid prototyping with you on field products and it was really fun yeah it was fun it was a very it was very productive you know sometimes it's like eh do this but yeah super impressed with your guys too like it was really cool to like have an idea and have it get printed off right there and be like oh no or oh yes like that's the way to go so that was um that development party was really fun (laughs) well after you left they said and i agree they're like we should make every customer come on site for one or two days before we start their project Mm mm-hmm because it was so great to have that focus time. And like you said, you could say, I think we want this. And we'd go knock together a really quick prototype. And you'd say, this is good, but this part isn't. Yeah. And so we'd go change that. Okay, this is good, but this part. And you do that three or four times. And by the end of that, you're like, this is actually pretty awesome. Exactly. So it's like, it was super tiny stuff that we changed. But had we been doing this over the phone or anything like that, that would have been a modest amount of three days time right instead of an afternoon and it's done yeah this would have taken a month of mailing prototypes back and forth Mm -hmm. and at least 20 man hours to do yeah a hundred percent and it took like five (laughs) right because we just sat down and did it yeah that was really neat plus an extra bonus thing i brought you that you weren't even aware of that i was going to bring you and it turned out that was really cool too so Exactly. Yeah, I I absolutely think that is a great idea. Um, I had been offered that once from the magnetometer company, and I was like, why would I do that? I'm like, no, I guess I get it now. So, yeah. So that was very fun. It was a good way to, uh, I wrapped up the semester after that, so it's finals week. Yay. (laughs) But (laughs) next week is finals grading week. Mm, Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I will say that I had two exams the first week of December. I gave two exams. The first week of December, and I had both of those sets of exams graded within two days of them being taken. Wow. I'm very proud of myself. Impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's darn good for me. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so we'll see what happens this week. 
<laughs> but yeah, so but, uh, I mean, you said we're all sitting here thinking about the year slowing down and whatever, and I'm really excited about this idea that you have because we haven't really done this before, shockingly, right? Yeah, you know, I think in the first year, maybe first year two of the podcast, we did like a gift guide oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for nerds. <laughs> for our spouses, and, yeah. <laughs> right. And that was fun. But I thought this year we would modify it a mm-hmm. little bit and just talk about favorite things from 2022. Could be anything I told you. Because you said, well, favorite things, what's that mean? I said, it means whatever you want it to mean. It could be a podcast, it could be a movie, it could be a book, it could be a tool, it could be a class, it could be an experience, it could be anything. Yeah, that was rough. And I'm going to tell you that I got out my planner (laughs) just to go back through (laughs) and make sure. And I have an academic planner, so it started in July, and I thought, curses, this is why you don't buy academic planners. (laughs) So I went back through some stuff on my calendar and Google calendar. I went through my Amazon purchase history. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. <laughs> and, and just did some thought uh, as well. And we said that we were going to come up with five things. We got on the call and we both came up with six. <laughs> so we're already not following the rules, which is fine because there were none. Exactly. That's what, that's what you get when you run the podcast. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, without further ado, because we know that six sounds like a short list, but we also know how we work. So, <laughs> and I'm I'm not gonna say. Uh, well, okay, for my list anyway, I'm gonna say these are in no particular order. Is that the case for you? It is the case for me as well. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, fire away. I'm very curious. We did not share these. We nope. purposely did not put them in a Google Doc. Nothing so we at get all. Each other's reactions. I know. I'm trying to think. <laughs> should I like save the coolest one for? But no. These are in no particular order for me. But this is probably the one I am nerdily the most excited excited about. So every year, there is this app called Goodreads, and they you can set a reading challenge for yourself. And I've done this the past I don't know seven years. And it's just, you know, a number of books. It's just a great way to, like, keep track of what you read, right? And it'll it'll say you might want to read these things. And it's usually pretty good about that, the algorithm is. And so this year I said I had a stack of books that had just been languishing. I was, like, halfway, three-quarters of the way through them. And I said, okay, I'm reading 12 books this year, which is a crazy low number for me. Only one right. year of the past, like, seven have I not made my made my quota okay and two years of the last seven i've been reading up to midnight (laughs) (laughs) so i said i'm gonna do some long books i did a lot of like graphic novels last year i don't know if that should count but whatever so i said 12 books yeah um tonight probably maybe tomorrow i will finish my 33rd book of the year (laughs) wow yeah Uh uh-huh and i'm so proud of that like i didn't Usually I feel like I read for this list, but I was like, it's only 12. I'm not going to read for the list. I'm just going to read. And none of them were small books. Like, yeah. I just made this conscious effort to read a lot more. And you know what has done this is audiobooks, man. I always have one audiobook going and one, like, regular book going. Sometimes two regular books going. And, yeah, maybe I just spent a lot of time in the car. I don't know. I read 33 books this year. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. I love audiobooks. I don't have a long commute anymore, so yeah. I don't get through as many. But uh, yeah, no, they're great. So what was your favorite out of your 33? Okay, so this one we did just talk about this week too. Um, you know, I read a lot of great books and a lot of like unexpected books, but man, I finally made it through The Three-Body Problem, which we've talked about on here before, and I did the audiobooks of all three of those. I, I, like, I can't even talk about them. It's still pretty fresh. I only finished last week, I think. But my gosh, what a brilliant story. Just brilliant. The whole trilogy is amazing. Yeah. I bet the Cliff's Notes are 300 pages. Exactly. <laughs> so the last audio, did you read them or did you audiobook them? I did all three on audio. Okay, yeah. That last book was 30 hours long. <laughs> I'd say the combined total for the three was what, was like 70 yeah. plus hours? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, and yeah, it was intense. And it'd be funny because you know we live like 15 minutes away from anywhere right anywhere we have to go it's at least 15 minutes away because we live sort of out in the country and every time there was something to be had i'll be like i'll go get it (laughs) my my husband's like still reading your book yeah yeah i am (laughs) but man yeah that was amazing so that was my first one that's the thing that i'm super excited about this year and um i don't i have to make my new goal in the next you know two weeks i don't know what to do yeah. So, we'll see. Hmm. I know. I feel like I can't do 12 again, so I may just do 24 and see how we go from there. <laughs> I need to put reading back as a priority. I've really fallen down into just watching YouTube at night. Yeah, see, that's in... I, I feel like that's where I was last year. And I said, you know what? Like, I get so much more pleasure out of reading. It used to be the only thing I did. And so I tried to make it, well, we'll revisit our, um, our, um, <laughs> our, know, resolutions. our resolutions. Yeah, exactly. But I think I succeeded on this one. So, so I think 24, right. 24 is good to a month. Seems good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, the first one on my list is surprise, surprise, a tool. <laughs> uh, it is the hand tech 2D72 multifunction handheld meter. Oh my gosh. Okay, okay. tell me why it's better. <laughs> so here's the thing it's not, it's cheap. Oh. It's not super accurate. Hmm. So I have, when I go to do service on something, I carry a fluke meter that's like probably a New, I bought it used, but new, it's probably a seven or $800 multimeter. Okay. It's super bomb-proof. It's, it measures everything. I love it. It is just a multimeter, though. And okay. if somebody says, can I borrow your meter, my answer is always over my dead body. <laughs> because it's such an expensive tool. Right, yeah. We bought these little things when we had our gears workshop this summer for the students to use. Mm-hmm. I, at least once a month, I started pulling one down out of our workshop stuff <laughs> to do something <laughs> for me. <laughs> and now one kind of lives in my desk. No kidding. Hmm. The reason I like it, it's not just a multimeter. It's a multimeter. It's an oscilloscope. It's a function generator. Man. Okay. 
it is not a good any one of those. Right. I was going to say, it just works well enough for your immediate needs. Right. Like, if I'm doing hardcore tracing down noise in some line on a circuit board, like, I need the good stuff. I'm going to be using a benchtop low noise oscilloscope. I'm going to be probing things right. If I need to know an exact voltage, I'm going to be using a high-end calibrated meter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 80% of troubleshooting tasks, your question is, is it here or not? Ha. Okay. Yeah. Is the voltage here or not? Is the signal here or not? Uh, you know, like is, if I'm looking for a, a sine wave that's going through an amplifier, it's enough for me to touch the probe before and after the amplifier and go, is there a sine wave here? Is there a bigger sine wave here? Mm, mm-hmm. I don't actually really care the exact amplitude or frequency of the sine wave or that it has good fidelity. Right. Is it there or is it a flat line? Gotcha. If it's a 24 volt powered circuit, is it about 24 volts here? Like, <laughs> is it 23 to 25? And this is way better than that. I mean, it's, it's good to tens of millivolts. Um, or is it not? Is there a broken wire? And it's so handy to have the oscilloscope and the function generator in that handheld form factor where I don't have to drag extension cords and all this to get the benchtop ones powered up. I just grab it, take it, do my check. Yeah, that's... Hmm. What's this? I don't touch AC with it. Yeah. It's rated for it. I don't trust it. <laughs> I don't touch AC with it. That's where I'm going to use my fluke. Gotcha. What's the size compared to your $800 one? Smaller. Okay. Uh, my, my big meter is stupidly massive. Okay. Um, this thing is, <laughs> it's a little bigger than your brick GPS. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> I mean, I want to say it's probably three and a half by seven inches by an inch inch and change thick okay so much more portable than what you got though and it's much more portable the battery is okay the screen is okay the user interface is okay it's firmly okay but it's okay enough and it's i want to say it was like two hundred dollars oh yeah Mm -hmm. in that area when we bought it um it's okay enough that students learned with it this summer and yeah, I now carry it with me when I go somewhere. That's awesome. I think that's super great. Because if it got run over, I would feel a twinge of pain. <laughs> and I would order another one through Amazon Prime. Yep. If my flute got run over, I would be in jail for homicide. <laughs> <laughs> oh nice yeah yeah that's awesome that's that's the next one on my list what's what's yours next one um (laughs) okay so all right we're doing the sixth right i'll do a rock one then because obviously i have at least one rock one um in march my student and i met with our usgs colleagues and they well just one of them took us out for almost a week and we camped in the Mojave desert for a week. And it was amazing. <laughs> like, 
awesome. Yeah, there was no, I mean, we were sampling for my students' um, master's, and we're down in the lower Colorado River corridor, so it was really hot, even though it was, you know, just around the 1st of March. Um, It was really hot. It's really dry down there, right? But there was, like, there was nothing. There was nothing to do. Like, we brought backpacking food. We camped literally just in the desert not in campgrounds not in just beside the car in the desert um there was like no cell service generally for five solid days and it was everything i needed all right Mm -hmm. yeah it was really hot we obviously didn't take showers it was amazing. <laughs> so it smelled great. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. So my poor student, but this is what happens when you're a student and I'm a professor now. So I flew back and he had to drive back. <laughs> right. But um, so we fly in and out of Phoenix super easy. And uh, luckily, I know a guy who lives downtown and I and he's also a geologist. So I was like, um, can I come use your shower before I get on the plane? <laughs> So, thank God, I did that. <laughs> right. But, man, it was just a great... I hadn't been out in the field in a while, obviously, and it was just a great trip. So, I think he had a great time. I had a great time. It was very no electronics, because we couldn't. We didn't have any other choice. You know, just go to bed at sunset with the... You could hear all these little kangaroo rats outside and all this stuff all night long (laughs) yeah it was super fun we definitely talked a little bit about skinwalkers that was scary but (laughs) right besides that it was super great so that's my uh number two highlight for 2022 okay so camping in the mojave yep Mm -hmm. Uh, i will do my kind of experience one then which was the gears workshop oh great so different this year from last year, right? Very different this year. Um, we talked about that right after it. I'll try to link that episode in the show notes. We really changed it up. I've had fun both years. Um, we're obviously going to keep doing it, so there yeah. will be an announcement for the one this year. And it's going to be a little different still, but we're we're honing in on the ideal setup, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, that this like that's one of my favorite weeks of work every year now. That's awesome. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, the totally different than last year doesn't mean that it was better right. or worse. You know, I think it was interesting that you could provide such a great experience both times. Like um, one of the students from OU that went last year, like he talks about it constantly. You know, and he's constantly like, this is the best workshop I've ever been to, you know, and I can't imagine if he had come back again this year and seen, you know, the change in it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, no, we're, we're super excited about it. And I mean, I'm not, I, I like what I do anyway. Right. But that week, though, it's very stressful leading up to it. (laughs) Yes. And during it. It's running on very little sleep. Mm-hmm. It is just massively fun to work with all these really smart, creative people that are in grad school that want to learn more about how to do things with their hands. It's mm-hmm. just so much fun. Yep. Yep. Those I I love coming that last day. I really enjoyed seeing the presentations 
that's something that we keep saying over and over again, you know, students need communication skills, they need communication skills, but it is true. And COVID definitely has undone some communication skills. <laughs> and so oh, yeah. that's like, I think it's even more important now to, you know, to put that in there. So that was really cool to watch all the hard, hard work like get presented this time. Yeah. So we're definitely keeping that part for sure. Excellent. Uh, but yeah, so that was my number two. What's your number three? Okay, number three. Um, I am super bad at tooting my own horn. I don't want to do it. This will be real quick. I won the University of Oklahoma Regents Teaching Award this year. And so that came with like a monetary prize. And that was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Well, one, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> And is this based on, oh, what is the award based on? So, I mean, it can be for anything. Um, I actually shared the, pri shared the prize this year um, <laughs> because they didn't do, I don't even know if they did faculty awards last year because usually there's a big banquet. So this was the first like banquet in a couple of years that they've had. So it's right. kind of a big deal. It was almost like people didn't. This was earlier in the year, too. It's almost like people didn't understand how to interact with anyone anymore. It was really funny. But, <laughs> like, we're all like, oh. <laughs> we're all eating around the table together. Um, yeah. So, like, the guy that won it with me, he had this very in-depth series of, like, YouTube videos. And he made a lot of, like, gamifying. What did he teach i'm trying to remember what he taught he did a lot of gamifying of the science that he taught and so i won for combo of like all the online um field camp stuff we did mostly and for this too actually so there you go well that's awesome yes it was very cool so that was fun yeah <laughs> yeah moving on because hmm. i really hate tooting my own horn <laughs> Well, toot toot, because that's Thank that's you. well deserved. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Oh, I hmm, I'm debating on the order here. I know. Okay. I, I I jumped ahead too. <laughs> My number three is a collapsible wagon. <laughs> I told you some of these were weird. I just I just love that like. You're just now finding that. I'm on our, we're on our third collapsible wagon. <laughs> I know, but oh. I don't have children. <laughs> I, I don't need to tote little people around with yeah. all their paraphernalia. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a lifesaver. Isn't it weird? <laughs> it's so great. I didn't, my mom got it for me. I didn't, we're actually only on our second one, but it's about to die. So, um, I didn't want one. My mom got it for me. And I'm like, I'm never going to use this. And my husband's like, we're never leaving anywhere without this. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So I got it before I went to that Earth Educator Rendezvous. Oh, oh, where you had to take down every day. Where we had to take down every day because mm. like, we couldn't leave the booth up overnight because it was in an unsecured, like, like an atrium of a building. Right. And also I flew myself up there. So I didn't have like checked bags or anything. I had to, it was just me and an Uber to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I put this little collapsible wagon in the airplane and then pulled it out 
unfolded it on the ramp and unloaded all the stuff for the booth and my suitcase into it and <laughs> trotted across the tarmac with it and then piled it all into an Uber as the Uber driver watched in horror as I just kept loading stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. How close were you to being overweight on that flight? <laughs> it was within weight and balance, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but it was hilarious because I went into the the FBO, the, the fixed base operator at the airport, uh, when I landed, and there were some guys sitting in there just chatting like there are at every airport yep. in the U.S. Mm-hmm. With that crappy coffee, I bet. <laughs> yep. And mm-hmm. so I've got this pretty big folding wagon full of stuff. And we just went in there and go to the bathroom and stuff and was talking to them. And uh, they're like, what'd you fly in in? I said, sundowner. And they said, all of that fit in a sundowner? <laughs> I said, yeah. And they're like, what about the wagon? I was like, oh, it folds down to like eight by eight inches. It's amazing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yep. And I've used it for multiple things since then, both in the airplane, in the car, around the shop. Like, it's been very handy. Yeah. It's a super Going to cookout across the street. Yeah. It's... It's super handy. Um, we have gone to the beach the last two years, and it's been a lifesaver. <laughs> yeah, it's got those big gnarly tires, and you can just blow it out with compressed air. Ex- yeah, exactly. It's exactly it. That's why we've been through, too, is because the salt water does not do it great. But that's right. okay. That's okay. They're not that expensive. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, I may be behind the boat on that one, but wow, collapsing wagons. That's, that's my number three. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> okay, well, I'll give you my electronics one then. Because unprompted, I put an electronics one on here. <gasps> All right. And so I've already talked about it on the show, but I'm very proud of myself. Again, we'll talk about this on the resolution show. I have a Samsung tablet S8. I actually dropped my Samsung tablet earlier this year, annihilated the screen. And I was like, okay, well, 200 bucks need it fixed. Fine, I'll do that. And it turns out the replacement screen is nothing like the original screen. Nothing at all. Dude was like, well, this is the Samsung recommended replacement. Wouldn't give me my money back or anything. So I go get a new tablet that's like virtually the same price as the screen, even though the one I bought a year and a half ago was five times as much, right? Um, it's crazy how fast technology moves. And so I said, I am going to integrate my phone and my tablet, and we're going to start moving away from this backpack full of moleskins that I have, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I have, and I thought I would hate it and I don't. In fact, it was the most enjoyable GSA that I've ever had because if I forgot my tablet, which I didn't much, but I could use the notes feature on my phone. They went back and forth. I have, you know, a whole little library referenced in there. I could import things and then take notes on the screen. I took it to every faculty meeting and I just, you know, imported the agenda, took notes right there on the screen so I don't have anything to file afterwards. Um, I took a... (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. 
Never mind. I I just immediately changed my my sixth one. So I'll, <laughs> I'll come back to this. But I've taken a whole bunch of notes on it. And I thought I wouldn't like the electronic notes. I thought they would be hard to like go back through and that it would annoy me and that it was a huge mistake. I love it. It's great. I had taken, we were redoing both of our bathrooms and I had a whole bunch of measurements for like the countertops and stuff. And we went to a store and we didn't, we weren't meaning to go there to look for countertops, but it wound up, they had all these countertop scraps and my husband was like, man, I wish you would have brought those measurements. And I said, oh, <laughs> and I pull out my phone because I'd made my measurements in my notes app. And I said, oh, here they are. Yeah. And that happened numerous times. And so I'm very proud of myself for taking advantage of the technology that I have and moving a little bit away from paper in a lovely way. I'm, I'm very proud of you for that as well. That uh, yeah. An excellent recommendation. It's your fault. <laughs> Yep, yep. <laughs> okay, what's next for you? Uh, let's see. I, I actually almost put the new Apple Pencil on. That was not new now. That's why I didn't put it on because uh, uh, uh. doing more notes. Um, okay, let's see. I'm going to go back and do another tools one. Okay. And it's actually a combination of a few things, so I'm just going to overarchingly title it Milwaukee. Uh, <laughs> a few things <laughs> like they make only one or two tools <laughs> yeah so they don't make the best of some things like some things i definitely have other brands on um the two things that i really like one the packout system if you've never seen it, it's all these different tool containers. There's drawers, there's cabinets, there's tool bags, there's backpacks, there's lunch coolers, there's radios, there's everything you could imagine. And it clips together like giant Lego. Oh my gosh. So obviously I just I just searched these. That is very interesting. <laughs> So you can build a stack, and what I really like is like I have all mine labeled on the handle. Mm. So if I know I'm going to a job where I'm going to need my electrical pack out, like I'll grab it, or I'll grab, you know, the sockets or the wrenches. Like you, I can just kind of take what I need and I build my little stack for that job. This is super cool. Um, that being said, I'm also strongly looking at and this may be on next year's list using a tool backpack mm, mm -hmm. that has like my common stuff in it right put your because little multimeter in there <laughs> yeah exactly because it's really annoying to go to do a simple job and be like oh because i need one tool from this and one tool from this and one tool from this that are all very common but they're in different pack outs i have this giant 60 pound stack mm -hmm. so i'm not i'm not going away from it i'm gonna leave right. all my big stuff in it right um my Re sockets like my electrical parts my tap cons all that but i just want something that will contain screwdrivers pliers a basic set of wrenches a meter yeah a square like you know this is the stuff i need to do 70 percent of my jobs in addition to pack out the milwaukee swivel head ratchet wrenches okay mm -hmm. oh man 
So they're like combination wrenches, mm-hmm. but the closed end is a ratchet, which everybody says, oh, you know, big deal. We've had those since the mid-90s, yeah, commonly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. So. These have 144 teeth, if I remember right. Mm. So, like, you can move it imperceptibly, and it will still click and make progress. Mm. Okay. And that closed end is on a swivel. Gotcha. It has been a lifesaver in several situations, being able to, like, get that on the bolt and then swivel the handle out a little bit where I can actually get behind it and push. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So I've been a big fan of those. I will say, though, it was a buy once, cry once kind of purchase. (laughs) And and there was some crying. Um, (laughs) That set of wrenches is by far the most expensive set of wrenches I've ever even heard of, other than, like, Snap-on. Yeah, I was just going to say, let's, uh, let me introduce you to my husband's shop. (laughs) Right. um, But I really love them. So, yeah, pack out. Those wrenches, I mean, Milwaukee makes great power tools and stuff too, but a cordless grinder is really handy. I love that I don't have to have the extension cord. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily make me super happy when I use it. Make the list, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Understandable. We're a, Makita, yeah, so. we're a Makita family, which you already know, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah, well, see, we we started out as a DeWalt family, and then after I consecutively smoked two or three Mm. drills. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no way. um, I switched to Milwaukee, and wow. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. But, yep, so pack out slash Milwaukee ratchet wrenches. Okay, that's that's amazing. Okay, so we only have two left, right? Um, Right. Right. So, all right, I just... I just at the last minute changed this, as you'll remember from t- 10 minutes ago. <laughs> okay. So both of these are workshops. I'm going to leave the one I was going to say because really that's going to be its own show um, because it was a geology-related thing. And so that was really fun, and it happened recently, but that'll be its own show. So I'm going to go for a more personal one. And earlier this year, I went to a beekeeping workshop. <laughs> All right. It was two entire weekends. I went with a friend. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. It was so cool. Is it? Do you have bees now? So I don't have bees. She has bees. Um, and so she got the bees. I have the full get up. Like I have the whole setup. And I help her with her bees. But bees multiply and so her bees will need to be split so i will take her bees which might be as soon as this spring um when she has to split her bees so i will probably be getting them this next year and yeah it was so interesting so she got her bees and i go over there to help her and you know we talk about them a bunch and she said okay well it's time to like i haven't been checking them because it looks like they're fine but it's time to like bust them open and check the hive and so that's like the scary part right that's the part where you better be you gotta have the smoker ready and you know you gotta have your whole outfit on and everything and at this time i only had a hood i didn't have the whole 
get up, which you don't really need. I put on like four flannels <laughs> and like three pair of pants <laughs> and my boots. And it was fine. I didn't get stung. I did, however, get a bee inside my bonnet. And that was terrifying. <laughs> oh. He got out. It was fine. He didn't sting me. <laughs> it was so cool, though. So you've got these boxes and the bees build their comb on these frames. And the frames, there's a whole bunch of different ways you can do this, obviously. Um, the frames can be like already sort of started, like pressed wax, basically. And when you pull them and check on them, you know, there's like 60,000 bees per box. It's a whole bunch of bees. And you have to very carefully, there's 14 frames in a box. And you have to crack them off because, like, the bees make more than just wax. They make this stuff called, like, propolis, which is, like, glue. And so they'll glue everywhere. And so they glue the frames basically down to the hive. So you have this hive cracking tool. And you crack them out. And you super carefully, like, lift up a frame. And the whole deal is, like, you just inspect it. And if the hive is healthy, there will be larvae in various stages. There will be honey. And there will be pollen. And that pollen in there was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> because imagine a honeycomb. Right. And then these bees, she has five acres and it backs up to a whole bunch of empty land. So the bees just go and get pollen from wherever they can. And so pollen is all different colors. And so it's a honeycomb. And this part of the, the comb was just filled with like all these different colors. From like whites to reds to yellows to like some like darker greenish looking stuff almost. And it was all just like different pollen from different plants waiting to be huh. made into honey. Yeah. It was fascinating. It was super fascinating. And you have to smoke them with, um, you have to use this, do this acid treatment on them because bees get these little mites on them. And that's the thing that a lot of people think are killing the bees everywhere are these little mites called Varroa. And so we had to do this like smoking acid treatment and that was exciting in and of itself. Just lighting these acid crystals, heating them up with this gun and shooting them at the bees basically. Huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So that was a really weird outside my comfort zone thing this year. <laughs> yeah. I remember when you went to that, you were like, I'm not going to go. <laughs> yeah. You ended up going. <laughs> exactly. And really, really happy. <laughs> exactly. And so happy like now I've bought like... I bought the jacket just because it's easier than putting on three flannels. I won't roast to death like I almost did. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then. Because it's so, not hot in Oklahoma. Not at all. Yeah. It was fine. <laughs> and so we'll, we'll collect honey. Like everything looked really good and put the bees to bed over the winter and we should collect honey next year. So that'll be exciting. So I know nothing about bees. Do they like go dormant, hibernate? Over the whole winter, do they still <laughs> move around and do stuff? Like, what happens to bees in the winter? Uh, they kick all the men out, and the the boy drones all die. Oh. Yeah. So the hive numbers go way down because they kick all the boys out, and they just die. And then the hive numbers start to come up as all the larvae hatch out, and then they start to do their business. So they'll still come in and out of the hive like you still leave it open um but you can reduce the size of like the amount of bees coming in and out 
just for temperature reasons. So they'll still go out if it gets a little bit warm. But after, I think it's about 50 degrees, they actually do go a little bit dormant. It's kind of a hibernation where they slow way down and don't come out. Because you're supposed to check the hive well before it's 50 degrees. Because you don't want to bust it open and it be cold and them all die because right. of that. So, yeah. So once <laughs> it's about 50 and below, most of the time, they go night-night. So like September. Yeah. Yeah. Early October. Or, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think we, we smoked them with the acid. It was probably August or something like that. So, yeah, it was very interesting. I'm sure I'll talk more about it as I hang out with these bees more. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to know more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. It seems like something you would love, mostly because it's just a bunch of old farmers that talk about which is the best way to handle bees, which is always really funny. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Next one. This has nothing to do with rocks, geology, work, anything. It's just a personal thing. It's actually a kitchen appliance. <laughs> Man, I, I got a soda stream for my birthday, and that thing's awesome. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yep. <laughs> How interesting. Okay. What's your favorite it one? It is... Well, so actually what I do 99% of the time is either just drink straight carbonated water. <gasps> really? Or I get those little bottles of stuff that you squirt into water mm-hmm. to like make it lemonade or something at Walmart. Mm-hmm. And I almost exclusively use the orange or the lemon ones to make like carbonated lemonade or like carbonated Fanta fake drink. No kidding. So much less sugar and crap than a soda. Right. And it's much cheaper than soda. And it has drastically increased my water consumption. Like, I notice by the amount of times I have to stop and go to the bathroom in a day (laughs) that this device has drastically increased the amount of water I drink per day. No kidding. I wouldn't have called that for you. That's interesting. I mean, you drink a lot of carbonated beer, so I guess... I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't dislike water, but given the choice between water and coffee, until yeah. it's over 100 degrees, I'll drink coffee. Mm-hmm, yeah. Which is not great, because it's yep. a diuretic. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I've started trying to take carbonated water back after lunch and kind of switch. Now, it hasn't been as much recently, because it's been cold. Yeah. You gotta have the coffee. But still... <laughs> I mean, every day when I come home for lunch, even if I picked food up, like instead of getting a Dr. Pepper or driving through the convenience store and picking up Dr. Pepper or something, because that's my poison of choice. Ah, yeah. uh, Yeah, I just make a little batch of carbonated drink. That's awesome. I've often thought if I would benefit from one of those, like if I want to give up counter space to that because i do like i like all the carbonated waters quite a bit so even just getting like the lime flavoring that's clear Mm -hmm. like concentrated lime flavoring and making like a lemon lime carbonated water Mm, yeah it's good yeah that's what i i think i would really like that that's interesting okay well the next time i'm there i'm gonna make you experiment with (laughs) 12 different things (laughs) the the other thing is i did get their dr pepper clone which is called dr pete um (laughs) 
It's very good. Wow. It is better than Dr. Pepper sugar-wise. It's way worse than just using little squirt-in things. Yeah. Um, and the CO2 refill bottles are dumb expensive. Mm. How much can you get out of one? They say 60 liters mm-hmm. of water. Um, you can, on some of them, the older SodaStream, they had like an adapter. Well, somebody made an adapter. You could use paintball tanks. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Um, and now they've changed this quick connect design, which is actually really cool, but there's no adapter. So I already, I have a CO2 tank because of beer. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to machine an adapter <laughs> so that I can refill my own tanks. Good call. Instead of paying, <laughs> I think it's like 25 bucks or something. To oh, get man. Filled. It's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah, so I've had it since October and I'm a big fan. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to, I can't wait to see that. I am very surprised that that, that is true. <laughs> Hmm. Okay, last one. Last one. Last one. Um, this one's all weird and sappy. My last one was the day that the first day of field camp when we got 17 inches of unexpected snow. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like it's such a stressful time. Like, I know, wah wah, I get paid to do it, but still, it's super stressful. And to add on top of that, you know, like students coming in and we're supposed to have bad weather and I'm just freaking out. And then to wake up and it's like, it was so cool because you, you know, camp, but camp's at 6,000 feet, right? So it's pretty high up there. And I woke up and it's like, you could just tell that like oppressive stillness that comes with like feet of snow, (laughs) you Uh know, and I felt like a kid on Christmas and I jumped up because I was very skeptical of this forecast for no other reason than I just didn't think it was going to snow that much. And yeah, I like fell immediately up past my knees into the snow and was like, this is awesome. And so no one could get up the hill, just had to postpone camp and trudge down to <laughs> the main uh, mess hall and got a fire going. The fire didn't stop for three days. It was so cold. And so it's like, just got the fire going. And the one other person there with me, um, my student that was helping clean, he and I, <laughs> we just played Smash Brothers all day. <laughs> On the projector? On the projector. Yep, that's the best. <laughs> yeah, so it was great. So we played Mario Kart and Smash Brothers because we both had our switches. And yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was a great day. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Your turn. Hmm. Okay, let's see. Um, my last one is going to sound really lame. <laughs> it's confluence. <laughs> of events? <laughs> no, the software. Math? Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't heard of this. We haven't talked about this one. What is this? Yeah, so this is a... You can host it yourself, but they're starting to discourage that and not support it. Mm. Like everything else, they want to cloud host it and charge you every month for it. This has to stop sometime, right? I know. Um, It's a wiki. Okay. 
so this doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, maybe it does. It doesn't make as much sense for a single person. Mm-hmm. And I don't use it as my primary task tracker. That's still OmniFocus. Oh, okay. But it is my business task stuff. Okay. Is it shared between like you and the team or is it just you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so that was the big thing. Is it shared? Okay. I've preached for a long time that like I don't like people being able to put things on my task list. Right. Like I have an inbox. <laughs> put it in my inbox. <laughs> this, though, it you, you're creating a knowledge base. Like it is basically you're making your own Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. That's searchable. That has pages and subpages that can link between itself. Um. And you can assign tasks. So, like, it's where we put all of our, you know, every customer has a page. And that customer's subpages are the projects that we're working on for them or uh-huh. have worked on. And those have subpages of, like, meeting notes. Okay. Uh, like, we're working on a project right now where we're building a controller for a furnace to get this chemical reactor up to temperature. So, like, I made a page for that furnace under that project, that furnace controller, and it's got, like, the drawing of how we wired it. It's got the receipts from where we bought the stuff. So, in five years, when something fails, we can go, oh, yeah, like, we bought this from these people. Here it is. Go buy another one. It's our knowledge base for how we do everything, and it's shared, just like Wikipedia. You know, anybody can edit it in in the company. It's made a massive difference. So how is it different than, like, Teams or something, where you wouldn't just, like, put those documents into a project anyway? Is it just, like, the way it's searchable and the way it's formatted? Yes. Okay. And it's more, it's meant to be permanent. Okay. Okay. Like, it's not like Slack or Teams where it's just like, oh, we're going to share this between each other. It's set up for... In 10 years, when we need to go revisit this project because they want to modify it, change it, it quit working, whatever, I can go look at meeting notes that me or someone else took. No kidding. And say, like, what were we thinking when we did this? That's really cool. Where did you find out about this? So it's actually, it's coupled with a tool called Jira, which is like a ticketing thing for more like software development, Mm, like customer submit tickets and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It's coupled with that. We worked for a customer that used Confluence and we were added as guest users to their Confluence setup. Oh. And so the project I was working on for them, like I would write kind of like Wikipedia pages on... I was assigned to design this subsystem for this giant project. Mm-hmm. And so I made a page for my subsystem gotcha. and logged every design decision I made, how I did it, the model, the code that did it, like all this stuff just lived in there. And then other people on the team who I have never met any of them, <laughs> or very few <laughs> of them now, I guess. Maybe I met two in person now. Uh, and we did this project several years ago, like they could basically just go read the page I wrote. Gotcha. That's really cool. And so we also are using it now for like production notes. Yeah. Like, you know, we build some products. 
Uh, like the geologist squeeze box is one mm-hmm. of our popular products. So let's use it as an example. We need to make more, let's say, because we're, we're low or we're out. I just have to say, hey, we need to make 20 more squeeze boxes. And that's all I have to say, because the step-by-step instructions, the files that are required to laser cut and machine the parts, pictures of how they get assembled, pictures of how they get packed and what box we pack them in, the label that needs to get printed and stuck on the box, it's all in there. Yeah, that's cool. That's really neat. Because I saw, obviously I'm looking it up, because I saw that it integrates with like Trello and all that other stuff and and with Microsoft Teams, so... We tried Asana, which is basically Trello. Right. And it did not work. Yeah. I tried Trello for a couple of years to try to get stuff going. Man, you got to have a lot of buy-in. I don't know. Maybe if I... Yeah, I don't know. This sounds really cool and very useful. Well, my big thing with it is the tasks are are attached to a page. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can assign them and all that. So... Like when I know I'm going to go work on Project X, I can see the overview of all the tasks that need to be accomplished on that project. Or I can say, show me all the tasks that have been assigned to me by myself or other people. And I say, okay, you know, I got three or four things to do in this project. I'm going to go work on that now. Mm-hmm. So I like the view. It gives us better. We're not perfect. We're still desperately work especially on the product side trying to get all the stuff in there because yeah. our goal is for so and we actually should do this experiment with you shannon oh my goal is for somebody that has never worked in our building to be able to come in and i say go make me one of these here's the link oh okay interesting and like, we have instructions on how to use the laser, how to use different machines. Now, Grant, some of it, there's no replacement for in-person training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. But we're trying to eliminate as much of that as possible. Mm-hmm. And like every time a machine has an error or an issue, like we log it in there. Mm-hmm. So then, because what we really are trying to eliminate, because this happens so much, is something happens and one of us will go, Oh, like two years ago, something like this happened, but I don't remember how we fixed it. Uh, Yes, I feel this. Okay. So every time something happens, you write it, even if it's just a few sentences, because then you can search it. So you can search like alarm 502 and you'd be like, oh, hey, three years ago, we had alarm 502 on this machine. All you do is press these six buttons. Okay. Fantastic. That's really cool. So, like I said, it's kind of a dumb thing because it's really just a knowledge management system. It's Wikipedia with some plugins <laughs> hosted on a server. It's very not exciting, um, but it's how we're running our business now. No, that's really this thing looks super cool. I'm very interested to to see that in action. So. Yeah, like imagine a big multi-person blog, which I guess is what Wikipedia is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We even exactly. looked at using, because the Wikipedia engine is open source. Uh-huh. Like we looked at just running local Wikipedia. Yeah, but the way this integrates seems like it's, that's really cool. Exactly. 
That's awesome. But their pricing is really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like below 10 users, the pricing is very reasonable. Right. And the second you hit that 11th user, it like skyrocket hockey sticks. And that's for like anyone, like if you were to invite, you know, like me to view stuff that counts, right? Yes. Okay. And All right. That's we, where. We don't invite customers mm-hmm. to our confluence. Because of that. <laughs> Not only because of that. We do have some customers that like pay for private Git repo hosting. Okay. Um, you just don't want them touching it. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's sort of our sacred space of right. this is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want, like, okay, so we capture meeting notes from a meeting with a customer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't really want the customer to be able to go in and retroactively change meeting notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just for us from a traceability standpoint. Yes. Uh, not saying that they are necessarily doing anything devious even. No, no, no. But just having it, yeah. Yeah. Just knowing but that it, it was never changed is, yeah. And like, okay, yeah, there are change logs. It'll say like, you know, John Lehman changed this on this day, but I don't want to have to go dig into that. I don't want some of the files that we generate to be available. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, like, there are definitely certain projects where I don't want the source code to be available. Yeah. Because it's a dangerous thing. Yeah. And if you go in and start mucking around with the source code, there's a very good chance that you're going to modify it in such a way where the machine could harm you. Mm-hmm. From a liability standpoint, I just can't have that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So we got to protect some aspects. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really cool. That looks like some cool software. I'm definitely going to leave that tab open there. I mean... You run a, we ran on the free trial for a long time. Oh, no kidding. Um, and then we bumped up a little bit, and we started doing more storage space, I think. Now we're probably going to have to bump up again because we're getting, like, gigs and gigs of stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We still struggle on how to integrate it with Google Drive just because we only, the reason we went to it is there are too many sources of truth. Okay. Like there was a there was a Google Drive folder for the right. project, and then maybe there was something somewhere else for the pro, like on a computer for the project. And oh, and then there's this file in the Fusion CAD cloud, and like we want everything to be in one spot, but it doesn't have like you can't make. Well, it's not totally true now, but you shouldn't make slides in it. Um, so we're still working on how to like link it to our Google Drive slides and that sort of thing. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. But searchability and discoverability is a big thing. Like, we would have too many instances of, hey, how do I do this? And I'd say, I wrote eight pages on how to do it. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. But it's buried in a subfolder of a subfolder of a subfolder on Google Drive. And Google Drive search is not conducive to finding that. Right. Gotcha. Man, so, this, that seems really cool. Yeah. We're, we're, giant fans it is kind of dated like it's like writing a blog on um blogspot back in the early 2000s yeah <laughs> i'm just thinking oh yeah i'm my blogspot blog <laughs> yep um but it works 
That's cool. And it's been around for a long time. A lot of big companies, uh, a lot of big companies use it. And yeah, we're, we're good fans. That's my last one. Man, it seems like we have a, we've had a really good year. It feels like. (laughs) Yeah, we've been super fortunate. I actually just put a video out on our company's YouTube channel. Uh, kind of talking about how we've we've had a great year. We're really happy that all of our customers are liking what we're doing. Uh, and as you found out when you were here, our shop is out of space. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It was um, a squeezy squish squash in there. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, so that's and you know, shameless plug. Go sign up for our newsletter. Just go to lemageophysical.com. A pop-up will come up. Sign up for it. Uh, We only put out one email a week, and it's always got free videos on how to do something and a plug for whatever we're doing that's a new product or whatever we're excited about. I did notice I was getting those. It was fun. (laughs) Yeah. So those are our favorite things, and... uh, I'd actually love to hear what other people's favorite things is. So don't don't be shy. Send in those lists. Yeah, absolutely. But with that, it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the show. Fun Paper Friday. Yay! And as always, we clearly made it way over. But... <laughs> That's why I didn't say more than five, because yeah, I knew we'd be on it forever. E- exactly. And somebody should have cracked the whip on us, is all I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of of that you picked a story about whips and whether dinosaurs use their tails as one uh is that okay so this i'd never heard of this right so this is a scientific report in nature and it's multi-body analysis and soft tissue strength refute supersonic dinosaur tail by conti et al Right. I had never heard that this was a thing. Had you? Nor had I. Okay. It seemed like when I read this, I'm like, God, I feel dumb that I never realized people were talking about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but did you love this? There was a lot of like rock mechanics words in this when we were talking about dinosaur tails. <laughs> there were. Yeah. No, this was a really interesting paper. Uh, my question for you is, did you know the parts of a bullwhip before reading the paper? I, when it said whiplash, I was like, oh, <laughs> of course, of course, that's what that's called. No, I didn't know at all. I knew the thong part. I didn't know the popper part. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So you got the handle and you got the thong and the fall and the popper. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, bullwhips are awesome. Actually, I'm a big fan of bullwhips. Maybe that should have been on my, maybe that'll be on next year's list of favorite things. I'll recommend a, an artisanal bullwhip. An artisanal bullwhip. Oh my goodness. This could go so many different directions. Um, so dinosaurs, <laughs> I guess that there was some talk that these big old sauropods, they have these ridiculously long tails, which I learned when I was little. They were just there to balance out their ridiculously long necks. Um, but apparently, there's not. There's a whole host of things that people have said why they have these super long tails. And one of them said that potentially their tails could go supersonic. And they could literally crack them like a bullwhip. Which, 
is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like if you've ever used, so, you know, a typical bullet probably got an eight or 10 foot reach. Well, okay, that's pretty long, but I've used them in that range before, just messing around with them that ranchers have had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yeah, if you've used one ever, you would mechanically, intuitively know this isn't going to work. <laughs> right. This is this is always so strange to me that this was a thought ever. Like, I feel like it was just a thought based on, oh, that looks like a whip. Like Indiana Jones's whip or something, right? Like, I don't... That was an interesting thought. I never would have... I never would have known that was an actual hypothesis till reading this paper. Well, and like the popper gets damaged after a while and needs replaced because <laughs> it's exceeding the speed of sound. Oh uh, yeah. So what would that was that was my favorite part of the paper, which wasn't even the whole point of the paper, was that they investigated so they wound up modeling, not using actual like models, but computer modeling the movements that the tails would have to have. We've never gotten a full sauropod tail, but, I mean, we have amalgamated amongst many individuals. Which, that surprises me, because where do they go? Like, yeah, I guess just all those tiny, tiny bones, like you're never going to get all of them, I guess. I guess it's just weird to me, because the dinosaur falls over dead, gets buried, and fossilized, like... How are there missing pieces? But yeah. I'm clearly not a paleontologist. I mean, you know, it's 150 feet of dinosaur, so it's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> right. It's a lot. Especially if he falls out with his head and his tail stretched all the way out, I guess. Scavengers picking up a piece of tail. There goes four bones, you know? Yeah, um, yeah I can see that, actually. Okay. So. Good, good, good catch. Yeah. Well, I know you don't think about those things, but you do probably think about the mechanical properties of human skin, which they talked about, which was creepy. Um, but so that's what they were doing was modeling, like, what would the skin, what would the ligaments have to do? What are the tensile strengths in there? If that were to be the case, that they were supersonic. But then also, let's model this based on a bunch of different vertebrae configurations and see if it's even a thing and oh by the way maybe they have poppers on the end of their tails let's see what the shapes of those poppers could be to make this sound right. <laughs> so well, that was my because, favorite part because that was weird <laughs> i mean yeah so a bullwhip is a weapon and it can cause you know harm to the soft tissue mm-hmm but the other reason that they mention it here, and I was like, yeah, this is the other basic physics argument, is if the tail is going to exert force on an enemy, it is going to experience that same force. Right. So yeah. if it's going to break the skin and do soft tissue damage to whoever you're hitting, it's going to break your skin and do soft tissue damage to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... Yeah, anyway, it seems infeasible. But yes, they did this modeling uh, based on some estimations because I, I love that they were very upfront with saying like, yeah, we have no idea. Yeah. Uh, we, there's no way we can know the strength of dinosaur skin. <laughs> so we're going to take some guesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is very interesting. And it, it, they did. They did have one configuration where they could 
do it, right? But they didn't think that based on the actual bone structures that had been found that it was likely to have happened. Right. And, you know, so the concerns are, one, this tail weighs <laughs> literal tons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how do you accelerate it that fast? The air resistance and something I never would have thought about. Well, okay. So one, the muscles have a limit to how fast they can move because right. you've got all these little chemical processes going on in the muscles, but also f- friction in the joints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're getting it that fast, there's a lot of joints in there. <laughs> friction and air resistance are going to probably just make it impossible for this to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. So. Also, if you've cracked a bullwhip, you, you know, the, the motion required to do that is not a natural <gasps> yes. motion. So that's what I remember is being exceedingly frustrated <laughs> because it's not exactly as easy as you think it's going to be. No, most of the time, you know, for the first five or six or 20 times you try, you whack yourself in the back of the head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of like fly fishing. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so it just doesn't seem practical. But there are also all of these other, you know, they say, we're not saying that the tail wasn't used as a weapon. Yeah. But it wasn't used in this way. And they do some math and say, well, it's not going to break bones. But it is, I don't remember what the speed was, but it's like getting hit by a golf ball, like 88 meters a second or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it was like, pretty. I mean, try that and tell me it doesn't hurt that's not yeah. going to deter you <laughs> yeah exactly it, but um i mean it, it was real, a neat paper it was really cool like they're real big dinosaurs i never even thought about that as a possibility but you know like you said it's pretty fast with their that they're swinging that anyway um i really like the little animations they're kind of cute looks just like a bunch of dinosaurs wagging their tails <laughs> Right. I mean, it's just the tail, which is kind of creepy, I guess, but <laughs> I still liked <laughs> yeah, it. Fair. Yeah. Well, and I knew that you would like this couple sentences here. I'm not going to read the whole paragraph. But in the discussion, the first paragraph of the discussion, models are always affected by limitations <laughs> as their use itself is a simplification of reality. In paleontology, the lack of data on actual specimens forces us to use modern analogies, which further increases the errors inherent to each such study. Mm-hmm. Always wrong. <laughs> yeah. In other words, we know this is wrong, but it's an approximation. And you know, are we going to break? It's kind of like if you have to tweak your model and tweak it and tweak it and tweak it and tweak it to get the answer you want, it's probably not accurate because we don't, or it's not realistic because we don't know everything to that precision. Right. Exactly. Like the best models are the ones that you can put an order of magnitude number into and you get an order of magnitude. Is this feasible or not? And mm-hmm. here they did that and they said, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. But still some cool stuff came out of it. Yeah. So, and this yeah. was just a cool problem slash area of modeling. I never would have thought about there's a whole literature on how to write a computer model for 3D motion of joints and yeah. muscles. I thought you'd be very excited about that. I was like, oh, this is not what I expected. This is very, yeah, very interesting. So, right. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe a whole nother, maybe a whole nother show in there. <laughs> we'll clearly, there, there could be. 
Yeah, we clearly have to ask an expert about, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a whole different string of favorite things for next year. Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. But if, uh, yeah, if you've got your favorite things or uh, you've performed your own multi-body analysis of supersonic dinosaur tales in which to refute <laughs> the claims of Conti at all uh, or confirm them, you can send those into us. Shannon, how can they get a hold of us? Show at don'tpanicgeocast.com. We're at Twitter at don'tpanicgeo. I'm at Shannon Doolin. John is at geo underscore Lehman. And as always, thank you to our Patreon supporters for keeping us going. Patreon.com slash don'tpanicgeo. And until next week, remember, don't panic. It's not an exact science. Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed are solely ours and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers or funding agencies.